Tanya for the 22nd of Tamil's first story. Rabbi Akiva in his, in his later life uh, was imprisoned for spreading Torah. And when he was in prison, he refused to eat the food. And, he, and they didn't provide, it sounds like they didn't provide him drink. And so he relied on one of his students whose name was Rabbi Yeshua Hagarsi. And this Rabbi Yeshua Hagarsi would bring him, bring him his bread and bring him his water every day. And that way Rabbi Akiva was able to survive while in, while in jail. One day, Rabbi Shua Garsi is coming to bring Rabbi Kiva his food. This is a story brought down in Masech Erevin. And he gave, he, he was about to come and bring it, and the soldier saw him with, with, a, with a, a, a whole jug full of water. And he told Rabbi Shua Garsi, I know what you're planning to do. You're taking all this water, way more than what a person needs to drink. You're trying to soften the ground so Rabbi Akiva could escape. So he said, give me the jug. He, I mean, he had no choice. A soldier won it. And the soldier poured half the water on the ground. And Yeshua Garsi then brought the half jug and the bread into Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva told Yeshua Garsi, he said, I'm an old man. You have to be careful to give me enough water that I need. So Yeshua Garsi said, I brought the water. And he said, he told Yeshua the story. He told him what the God had done. So Rabbi Akiva said, okay. So then pour the water on my hands so I could do the Telsidayim. So Yeshua Hagarshi told him, but your, your life's and you need a drink as well. Rabbi Kiva was an old man, a very frail man, and he was in jail. And Yeshua Hagarshi told him, it's, this, is, this is a case where you're allowed to, allowed to not wash until you're dying because a person's life's in danger. Um, take that water for drinking. Don't use that water for, for until you're dying, for washing your hands. And Rabbi Kiva told him, the punishment from not listening to the, the decree of the rabbis, which, who decreed washing hands of of Negevasa before washing your hands before you have bread, that's liable for death. I'd rather die a death of the, a death of of a physical death than die a death by going against the words of the Chachamim. The what's interesting, the Gemara says that the Chachamim really impressed. They said, imagine how how meticulous Rabbi Kiva was in keeping the mitzvahs earlier on in his life when he was so much younger and he wasn't so frail and old. And imagine how meticulous he was when he was outside of prison. If this is the way he behaved when he was old and in prison, they couldn't imagine how meticulous in mitzvahs he was when he was, when he was younger. The Tanya so far is explaining to us what Shuvah means. Toshul Hayek says to Zoya, you are turning the hay back. What does this mean? Our soul comes from Yud, Kei, Yud Hay and then above in the hay. The final hay is what's injected in our soul. When we do a sin, we're blocking that passageway of God blowing into, into um, us that, that spark of godliness. And additionally, we're now taking that energy and giving it to the evil that we're nourishing from while we're in this state of sin. So the Al-Jabba then explains that there's two pathways to tshuva. The first one is having a deep pity on the soul. When you realize what you've done and you realize where you've taken the king, you've tied the kings up at the king up in the gutter by, do, by bringing God along for the sin because God's blowing him, a piece of himself into our soul as our soul. Well, then you realize you brought God along and a deep pity. That, that pity that you arouse on godliness that you've schlepped into this dreadful situation inspires you to do tshuva. And point number two is breaking the ego and, and, and breaking the heart. Having a leave nishba broken heart. And to that effect, the Alter Rebbe explained, it, the Alter Rebbe is dwelling upon the, the broken heart and how a broken heart could bring a person to, um, 
to, to come to Tshuva. Having, a, being a, a master of calculation and going through your life and understanding your behavior will break your heart and thereby bring you to a state of Tshuva. To that end, a person might say to himself, wait a second, how can I come to a broken heart I haven't done any big sins in my life. You know, if I did a big sin, okay, I have a broken heart, I need to break the ego. But I've just done a whole bunch of small little things, small affairs that don't really count to much. I missed a few small mitzvahs. How can I have a broken heart? You know, I, I could feel pretty good about myself. You know, I haven't done anything really big. The is going to say, even small sins can bring a person to a broken heart. And the is going to give two reasons why. That's today's time. Let's begin. Let's say, for example, a person hasn't done one of the massive sins that that have um, so whether it's excommunication or whether it's death by heaven, whatever the case is, a person hasn't done those massive, terrifying sins. For example, I'll try to give us an example. Now, for example, a mission of seed outside the context of, of marriage. These are serious sins. A person says, I haven't done this. All I've done is small sins. Says even if a person's only done a bunch of small sins. Or for example, he's done one sin in his life. And he's just repeated that sin a bunch of times. The cumulative effect of doing that small sin a bunch of times, or a bunch of small sins, whatever it is, will have the ramifications as if a person's done one heavy hitting massive sin. So a person's thinking to himself, how can I have a broken heart? So I'll don't you worry. A whole bunch of small little sins, it, it, it builds up together and then it, now it's equal to a massive sin. And I'll give an example and this example comes from Yeshaya Hanavi. Yeshaya Hanavi talks about the sinning of, of the Jewish people and talks about different types of sins. Let's read inside. The, the prophet Yeshaya talks about sins like a cloud that dims the, the light of the sun. Similar analogy of blockage. Sins create blockage. So you have the sun shining, and the Shaya Navi says, think of a sin like a cloud. Now there's different types of clouds, as people imagine. Hashem says, I'll erase your avarice like a cloud, like a thick cloud, which shows that when the Aveya was still there, that was like a cloud. Now, says, I'll wipe it away. I'm wiping away a cloud. So, Yeshaya Navi gives the imagery. So, these clouds are like serious sins. The thick cloud is like a serious, a serious sin. Hashem says, You do Chavadal, I will wipe away your, your sins. That's Hashem wiping away the serious sins. And your sins like a cloud. So you see in the verse, there's two different types of clouds. There's the thick clouds and the thin clouds. Thick clouds are serious, curious, massive, terrifying sins. Ones that, that have ramifications like excommunication or, or death by heaven. And then you have small sins... And they're also called clouds. Now, says Al-Tarebbe, the small cloud, the sun still shines through it. You have a small cloud, and another small cloud, and another small cloud. All the Al-Tarebbe says, think of the imagery of a massive curtain in front of the window. Blocks out all the lights. What if you have a thin curtain? It doesn't block out the light at all. In fact, the belly makes a difference. But what if you put 300 small curtains all in front of your window? 
Well, at that point, you get it. The, the room's just as dark as a thick curtain in front of the window. The author says the same thing with sins. A small sin, you say, well, big deal. Another small sin, another small sin, another small sin. At some point, it becomes as thick as a massive cloud that doesn't let the sun through, or like a, a, a very thick curtain that stops the sun from getting into the room. This, the effect is the same. Even though you say, well, it's a whole bunch of small sins, what's the big deal? The author says, well, that, that small, all those small sins, it has a cumulative effect. That's point number one. So even if a person's done a whole bunch of smaller variants, they say, well, how do I break myself? Says Alter, don't you worry. You could break, you could break yourself very well. Why? Because your small little sins add up to being a, to being one serious, uh, uh, damage, one serious, um, um, cumulative effect. Point number two. And when Kosher came, now, point number two, before we read this out, let me just explain. We have a certain measure of how bad small sins are. We're like, well, small sins aren't all that too, aren't all that too bad. Says Alter we're wrong. Small sins are really, really bad. And Alter is going to bring an example showing that what we imagine to be tiny little sins, and well, how can I break my heart over them? Because, because you know, um, I didn't do that much damage. Says Alter you small sins do incredible damage. And the culture came in for us with the Razal. Shahim Mamash Kaveas Kavoy the Sarvi Gilas Rosa Shikasam, Kama Halamas I am in a Saka. Kamush Kasas Hishamalacha Penya Dava Imlavecha Blial again, eh? Of Lia who Ovid avoids a little of a Hulam. Says the rabbis, the rabbis explained to us that there, there are small sins that are compared to the most serious sins, idol, idolatry, idol worship, and, and adultery, and killing, those are the most three most serious sins. There are small little mitzvahs, or missing out the opportunity to do a mitzvah, or doing tiny little avayas, and we say, well, big deal. Yet the rabbis compare those small sins to the big sins. So in, in your mind, for example, someone that doesn't, um, that has an opportunity to give tzedakah and just doesn't take it, we say, what's the big deal? It's, you know, it's just, I had an opportunity to do a, to do a mitzvah. And says the Alter, the Gemara compares that to a person that, that, um, that does idol worship. The terminology is the same. So, you might not consider it as a big deal. Hashem does. I'm a For example, someone that says, that says negative things about his friend. He lost and hara. Which is which is um, and it's compared to all three of these sins. It says, "What's a big deal?" I just said a, a juicy gossip about my, about my friend. How bad could that possibly be? It's not a big deal. I didn't kill anyone. Says says Alter That's compared to all three of these um, serious sins compound. The the Zoya says that any person that gets angry is as if they did idol worship. And so too, someone arrogant, or all these different situations in the Gemara, where the Gemara talks about someone that does a small sin or misses opportunity to do a a, a small good deed, that it's 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 equal to doing the most serious sins that we have in Judaism. But Talmud Torah can and also neglecting Torah. Torah is counted as all the mitzvahs combined. So if a person misses a chance opportunity to do Torah, well then it's like he's he's missed opportunity to do all the mitzvahs. And as we just explained, even one of the mitzvahs are equal to to all these serious transgressions. Come on, it says the, the rabbis say Hashem forgives people even for idol worship but on missing a chance to do Torah that's something Hashem doesn't, doesn't overlook you, do you want proof that what I'm saying is serious that missing tiny tiny what we consider tiny mitzvahs opportunities to do a tiny mitzvah is equal to doing the most serious sins I'll give you proof that you can relate on our day to day life 
Kriya Shema, before we go to bed, there's a special prayer that we say that talks about accepting upon ourselves the four forms of punishment, the four forms of, of, of um, earthly court punishments. Milvaj I'll read it outside so all four of the punishments represent a different name of Hashem's name. And every night before we go to bed, we say, Hashem, if I'm deserving of uh, the, the, the going against the, the Yud of your, of your name, which is equal to having um, stoning, Whilst Hashem, please, please, um, please um, forgive us and wipe it, wipe it off. And hey, and vav, and hey. Now, what does these actually mean? In the davening itself, we explain. Someone that has a chance to say Shema, doesn't say it. He damages the, 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 the letter Yud of Hashem's name. Utfilin, but you say, person has a chance to do tefillin, doesn't do it. They're hurting the hey of Hashem. And titsis is vav. And davening is the, the last hey. And from this understanding, this inference, we can understand for all the rest of the mitzvahs, and Torah is equal to all of them, etc. So what Zalteimah is saying is that every day we tell Hashem, Hashem, we're so sorry for damaging the Yud and the hay and the Vav and the hay. And what we're saying, what, what are the sins that we're listing off? Opportunities to do positive mitzvahs. So a person will definitely say, oh, okay, how big of a deal it is. You know, I could have learned a few more lines of Torah, but I didn't do it. Is that such a big deal? Says Zalteimah, it's a massive deal. Now, why is this all important? Why are we trying to explain that tiny little sins are such a big deal and we should feel really dreadful about it? Because we're trying to accomplish a broken heart. The step number one to coming to the state of Teshuvah, to repairing that damage between ourselves and Hashem, is appreciating what's been broken. So, step number one is... Be, have this broken heart about what's actually done wrong instead of justification and just saying, well, not a big deal. So, the the... First step is understanding what's actually been damaged in order that we could actually have a broken heart, in order that we could do tshuva in an effective way. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Zalim. Have a wonderful and very successful day, and thank you so much for joining.